Hello, and welcome back to the Northwestern Baseball Podcast. If I'm not mistaken, this is episode six, and it seems like with every podcast, the Cats have just been doing better and better. Um, I'm here with Sam Brief, who was on the call this weekend for the games against Illinois, and Ryan Wangman, who has called some games earlier this year for us, too. Really excited to have both you guys on the show. How are you guys doing? Fantastic. Excited to talk some Cats baseball. Great time in Illinois. Ready Ready to digest it. So, as we mentioned, Northwestern played three games against Illinois in the Big Ten, took just one of two, and uh, this was an important series for the Wildcats, so maybe a little bit of a disappointing end result, but some really good baseball in all three games, at least for Northwestern's perspective. Let's start off with game one, uh, late Friday night on BTN, this was rain delayed, Uh, 4-3 loss in 11 innings. What went down in this one, Sam? I know you were there, and it was a pretty crazy game. Yeah, it was kind of a weird game. Uh, for me, the story of the game was not only Joe Hoshite and his two really clutch RBIs. Hoshite was obviously the story all weekend. He ended up winning Big Ten Player of the Week. But Pete Hoffman was absolutely dealing, and it continued a run that started in the series against Air Force and then against Iowa, in which he was absolutely fantastic. He was dealing, but then found himself in a bases-loaded, no-out, situation in the bottom of the 11th inning with the game tied at three and his percent chance of getting out of that is less than five he ended up walking in the final run and it wasn't surprising that they that they lost but he was really superb up until that point and it was kind of a weird game in which the two teams were trading blo- trading blows illinois had a big fourth inning a big sixth inning and then of course the walk off walk but this was a game that northwestern was <coughs> out playing illinois for a good part of it and then just kind of fell apart at the end. Um, Illinois' bullpen pitched much better up until Pete Hoffman came in the game. Uh, they had some really stud relievers, such as Joey Gerber. Ryan Schmidt was also very good for Illinois. It was a kind of a weird back-and-forth game. The rain delay started off the weirdness. It was raining on and off throughout the night. But Northwestern played well, and Joe Hoshite was, was fantastic. Ryan, uh, outside of Joe Hoshite, who impressed you offensively for Northwestern? Anyone else? It seemed like it was kind of actually a quiet day on the bats. Yeah, again, a quiet day on the bats. Maybe if you're looking for somebody that impressed you, a little bit Leo Kaplan, again, the freshman in the designated hitter position, um, who had a hit, had an RBI, and, and came around uh, to score. But, yeah, again, you talk about not, not much going on uh, with those Wildcat bats. Um, was impressed, again, as you were talking about, Sam, with the pitching from he, Pete Hoffman. Uh, but, yeah, when you have bases loaded with uh, no outs, really hard to get out of that, but very anticlimactic for uh, that great outing to end in, in a walk. Yeah. Um, don't see too many games end that way. It was very anticlimactic, and Leo Kaplan was a big story all weekend. He had the home run, um, and then he had a home run actually yesterday, too, so he's been on fire. He entered this series, I think the number was like 6 for 16 in the last three games, or uh, over the four-game winning streak before the series <coughs> came to be. Um, so he, he's really come on as of late and shown off his power in some big ways. That home run was huge because the momentum was totally in Illinois' favor. They had taken a 3-1 lead. It was in the seventh inning, and then Leo Kaplan just stepped up and crushed it. Joe Hosha had obviously finished it off, bringing the game into extras. But that was a big, big story all weekend. The two-headed monster of Hoshite Hoffner is always there, but add Leo Kaplan as a third one because Alex Arrow was pretty quiet during this series. Yeah, the freshman, uh, Leo Kaplan, has really come on. Uh, Pitching-wise, 
for Northwestern. Cooper Weatherby, a solid performance, five mm-hmm. innings pitched, three earned runs. You know, not his best, not his worst. Yeah, I agree. Tyler Lass was all right. Rich Forden had a big inning, you know, in a close game, no runs allowed, a strikeout. And then, you know, we mentioned Pete Hoffman multiple times. I have a question for you guys. Do you think in the 11th inning, you know, Pete Hoffman at this point had pitched three innings? You know, you've got multiple chances to pull him. You know, the bases are loaded. So after any batter, you maybe do. Was anyone warming up? Was this just they were going with him? He had been rolling. Evaluate the decision to leave him in the game. So even though he was in for, at this point, three innings, his pitch count was not high. I believe it was at it was under 40 entering the 11th inning. I remember Henry Demore and I, he was on the call with me. We had calculated it. He had he was only pitch throwing like four pitches per at bat, which, which is amounted, really good. Yeah, which was like 12 pitches per inning. So his pitch count wasn't yeah. really high enough to take him out while he was dealing. Um, and then I think the thought process, there were arms going in the bullpen. I don't remember exactly who. But I guess Spencer Allen's thought process, which probably would have been mine, is, okay, bases loaded, no outs. You need strikeouts at that point, and Pete Hoffman's your best strikeout pitcher. His strikeout-to-walk ratio is, like, off the charts. Um, So it's like you go with your guy who gives you the best chance, and at that time, even though Hoffman had struggled the last few at-bats, like, he's probably still the best guy. Yeah, I tend to think that four relievers, at least for our, our team, Northwestern, right around 40 pitches is when things start to get dicey. Or also, you know, for a reliever the second time through the order, for a starter, really the third time through the order is not mm-hmm. doesn't usually go well. But I think another thing that may fa- may have factored into it is it's Friday. You don't want to use too many arms the long series. You know, maybe you can grind one out. But I I, I understand the decision, Ryan. Do you have any other thoughts on this game? Oh well, yeah, and I think when you talk about. The decision to, to keep Pete Hoffman in, you, you look at somebody who's been dealing, hasn't allowed uh, more than three earned runs in an appearance since, uh, I think it's March 4th. Um, so this is a guy, who, and he, he's pitched three innings uh, multiple times, over three innings uh, in some of those those quality um, appearances. So, so I think, you know, you, you look at that Air Force game, he pitched three three and, and two-thirds and didn't allow a run. So I think, you know, you can see why Spencer Allen chose to keep him in the game as he's had some proven track record of these longer appearances where he has he has shown some consistency and some, some excellency. If anyone deserved to stay in the game, you know, with their body of work so far, for sure Pete Hoffman. So tough loss for Northwestern, especially to open the series, long day. They come back on Saturday and really play, you know, some of the best ball, baseball we've seen from them all year, 11-4 to four win. Uh, the ball was flying out there in Champaign. Uh, I'll start with you this time, Ryan. What did you see from the Wildcats in this one? You know, a pretty comprehensive victory. Well, we talked about that Hoshite grand slam uh, there in the fourth inning, which was, I think, indicative of, of how well the bats were swinging in that game. Um, but, but again, I think throughout the course of the season, Northwestern has shown an ability to... Um, to score and to score in bunches, but I think what they really did well today was to, to limit those uh, line-eye bats because I think that's something that uh, they have struggled to do over the course of the season is to limit batters. But, you know, you look at Hank Christie allowing three uh, runs in, in six innings of work, and Sam Lawrence, no earned runs in his three innings to get the save. Sam Lawrence has, you know, there's been a lot of stories so far this season for Wildcats, and maybe not so quietly anymore he's been this story out of the bullpen 
every time he comes in, seems to throw multiple innings uh, and multiple quality innings. He was really good. And uh, a quality start from Hank Christie gets the win. That's nice for him, you know, considering what he's been through so far. Totally. We had, and, and he was on a little rough patch entering this game, so it was really nice individually to see him. And it, he came in in the bottom of the first inning with a 3 nothing lead already. Uh, we talked to Josh Reynolds, pitching coach, after the game, and he said that at some point in the game, I think it was it was in like the eighth inning, Illinois was starting to make a little run, and he had to, he went out to talk to Sam Lawrence, and he was just like, hey, we're winning by you know, six runs, it was at the time. Um, he was just talking about how that's a big mental thing for a pitcher to have those runs on the board. But Christie was awesome. He was dealing. Um, story of this game was the offense, though. The numbers were off the charts. Five extra base hits in the first four innings alone. You had two triples between Hoffner and Willie Bourbon. Hoffner hit an inside-the-park home run, a grand slam to straightaway center field, very deep center field at Illinois. It was 400 feet, barely snuck over. The ball hit the top of the wall and then just kind of bounced over. So really explosive day. This is the type of game you just can't lose um, when your bats are on fire like that and you have two pitchers in Christie and Lawrence who combined to throw zero walks. That's just the type of flawless effort that you're never going to lose. And this was their first win against Illinois since 2013 as a program. So to win against Illinois in that fashion for the first time in four years, spirits were high after this game, to say the least. Yeah, definitely, you know, a little bit of emotion, as you mentioned, for Spencer Allen and the team. There's no denying that there is always a little bit of in-state rivalry when these two schools meet in any in any sport. Willie Bourbon, you know, he's been a guy that's, you know, had a journey this season at the plate because lefty bat, very important to keep the lineup. He's moved from second to first, and it's been, you know, a tough sophomore year compared to what we saw from last year, which where he was one of the better you know, offensive forces on the team. Really good for him to get back into things. Two hits, three RBIs. Anyone else that that you liked, Ryan? I, I know I was, you know, just happy to see Willie get a good offensive performance in. Well, I think uh, you like to see uh, how well these freshmen are doing because I think when you look to the future of the program, you look, you know, it's, it's built on these freshmen that Spencer Allen has gone out and recruited and has started to develop. So you, know, you look at Arrow's performance in that in this game, you know, two hits, uh, two runs scored. And, and again, you talk about Leo Kaplan, not, not as great a performance as the last game, but still uh, with a hit. So, you know, anytime these freshmen get their bats going, uh, I think that's something that's very exciting to see. And for me, Jack Dunn, too, quietly had an awesome series. He is hitting three, I think it's 333 in the month of April, which given how he struggled at the beginning of the season from the plate is not insignificant. He had a leadoff walk in game one, I mean a leadoff single in game one, a leadoff single in game two. He also had a sweet bunt infield single in game two. So he looked really good and awesome defensively. So obviously the big hits of the game came from Hoshite, Hoffner, Bourbon with the triple, but Jack Dunn in this game was two for three. He scored two runs. He was really awesome defensively. Um, Northwestern needs him um, to have success from the plate, and he really has in April, and this series was a big turning point for him too. I think you said it really well, Sam. Jack Dunn, you know, very solid freshman season, was one of the studs on the team, and came in with a little bit of a sophomore slump to start the season, at least behind the plate, and has really found his form in April, as you said. So good for him, you know, with with Alex Arrow up the middle. I think it's 
one of the more potent combinations in the Big Ten, very fair to say. Um, so a good win for Northwestern, evens up the series at 1-1. Now we come to the rubber match on Sunday, and this was a bit disappointing for Northwestern, losing 8-10, to and it was a really close game. They fought back uh, to tie it up at 3-3 in the 6th, and then things just slipped away from the Wildcats in the 6th inning, bottom of the 6th. There was a little bit of a fight back. You know, it was 10-3, they got it back to 10-8, so good on them. This team does never quit, but Sam, I, I know this was a frustrating one. What really happened? I mean, Henry and I looked at each other in the 7th and thought it was over. It was 10-3. This game reminded me a lot of the rubber match against Indiana, where they were down 10-4 in the bottom of the ninth. They scored runs. five runs and made it 10-9. I mean, this game was over. It was 10-3. The Wildcats had already, at, at, at that point, used... Six pitchers in this game, five relievers. Matt Gannon only went two and two-thirds innings to start the game. Um, things looked really dire, but credit those bats. And it all really started with Joe Hoshite and Matt Hoffner. It ended with them, too, in the ninth inning, where Hoffner had a or Hoshite had a leadoff double, and then they just kind of switched places with Hoffner driving him in with another double. The fight of this team is incredible. Against Air Force, they came back from a six-run deficit. Against Iowa, they came back from a five-run deficit. I mentioned the Indiana game. And this one, they came oh so close. If you told me in the seventh inning that they would have the winning run at the plate in the top of the ninth inning, I would have taken that. This was an exciting game at the end. But Illinois' bats just were too much of a factor. Illinois is not a great pitching team, which is why they're not really a great team. But offensively, they're strong. They're one of the best power teams in the Big Ten. I think they're third in home runs hit in the Big Ten. Um, so they were just hit, getting a lot of hard contact, hitting, hitting a lot of balls into the outfield in the sixth and the seventh. Tommy Bordignan got shaken, shaken up a little. So did uh, Danny Katz. So it was a rough game, but got to credit the Cats for fighting back. As always, um, you know, the Wildcats kind of threw a lot of pitchers. You can kind of do that in game three of a series when you know you got a day off. Mm -hmm. You know, you said they used, they ended up using seven really, but at the 8th and 6th. But offensively, we mentioned Hoshite. Ryan, I'm going to ask you again, what was standing out for you? I think, you know, despite the loss, the Cats' bats were pretty solid in this one. Well, uh, one thing that, that Sam was talking about and that I've, I've really talked about all season is is the Cats' resiliency, and I think that that's something that is has been so important. And so you look at, you take you take batters that look at a 10-3 deficit and are not phased by that. You you know they can, they can score in bunches and they can put together these runs even in the face of this adversity. And again, you talked about the Indiana game, uh, which again they lost, but that's a game they go down. I think Sam and I we both called that one. And you look at them and they they go down into that ninth inning, down 10-4, and they they rally back, uh, scoring five runs in the ninth. And so I think. The big thing with this Northwestern team and with these bats is even if they're getting these losses, they're getting experience in, in rallying back in these in these late game situations, even if they don't get the win. And, you know, people don't like to talk about moral victories, but I think the fact that um, these young players are getting experience you know, playing from behind and seeing some success and scoring is, is really crucial for this team. I, I agree with you, Ryan. One thing that uh, Spencer Allen has talked about a lot this year is just getting timely hitting. And it's happening. The only thing is it's happening when they're down. And, uh, you know, that's, that's not necessarily a knock on the hitting. It's just the, the way it's been shaking out. But they have been stringing together hits and scoring runs, putting runs on the board. So that's been a positive. But 
one thing that Spencer has also said is he doesn't want more victories this year. You know, uh, second year he's in charge. You know, obviously this team isn't isn't going to win Big Ten anytime soon. No one in this program would tell you that. But again, we talk about it every week. The goal for this team is making the Big Ten tournament, and they need to sneak into that eighth spot in the Big Ten. And to be frank, taking one game against Illinois wasn't the best. Considering the quality of Illinois, Sam, how do you think the Cats are shaping up to the, towards their goal of making the Big Ten tournament? I think they're shaping up pretty well. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to climb the hurdle this year and make the Big Ten tournament because really the only thing you need is wins. And some of these moral victories, like the Indiana game, like this game, even game one where they played well and lost, that doesn't get you to the Big Ten tournament. But e- each game kind of had a a few really positive takeaways. One of them in this game for me was Jack Clays and Connor Lind, who were both really quiet in the series. Lind played in every game but was hitless in game one, um, didn't play that well in game two, but had two huge doubles in this game. Um, a basis clearing double in the eighth inning to cut it from 10-3 to 10-6. He played really well. They all, there were bright spots. And Ryan talked about this earlier. The freshmen on this team have brought a different vibe. Henry and I talked to Joe Hoshite before this game, game three, and he said how the culture feels totally different because you have these guys like Arrow, Kaplan, really stand-up freshmen who are making a difference already that tell you this program's headed in the right direction. They probably won't make the Big Ten tournament this year, but I bet they do by the time I graduate. So that it's certainly headed in the right direction. But I, I think the, the big thing that to think about is is going forward even this season they have some winnable series against some big 10 schools that are frankly not very good you know you still have a series against penn state who's the last in the big 10 currently mm-hmm. series against rutgers who's second to last um and then you know you don't have a matchup against minnesota or michigan um you do take on maryland and that's gonna be a tough series but you look at some very winnable series and a chance to get wins and maybe you can sneak into that eight spot and, and qualify for the big Ten tournament i don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility no it's not it's certainly not i'm not saying it's impossible i'm saying my gut tells me that this year they might just find themselves on the outside looking in right now they are um one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleventh. They, they are eleventh. Purdue is in that last eight yeah. spot, and Purdue is six and six, having played three more conference games than the Wildcats. If the Wildcats get a sweep this weekend against last place Penn State, they could be six and six. I think if the Northwestern gets a sweep this weekend, they're very much in contention. Oh, totally. Uh, one game. I think it's going to be an extreme disappointment. I hate to say that, but that's just the truth of it. Two games, you know, not not ideal scenario, but they can work with that. Mm-hmm. So this is a must-win series. Before we talk about this Penn State series coming up, let's recap really quickly a midweek game for the Wildcats. Um, Milwaukee Panthers came to town, and uh, pretty weird game, actually. Northwestern won 6-4, to four, although there wasn't as much offense as you would suggest, and the pitching was better than a full-run performance outside of, you know, a little late onslaught. What was going well for the Wildcats pitching-wise in this one? I know we saw a quality start from a senior. Well, so, so basically, yeah, uh, anything except those those two a little shaky performances um, from Tommy Bordignone and, and Nick Colley, the freshman. And I think aside from that, the pitching staff was, was lights out. I think combined, the other four pitchers were in Josh Davis, J.R. Reimer, Tyler Lass, and Cooper Weatherby combined for three hits 
among the the four of them in in seven and a third. Um, th- three hits, no runs allowed, only one walk, and I think uh, if I'm counting right, ten strikeouts between the the three of them. So I think. Aside from a couple of shaky performances, I think the other four pitchers got the job done, and that's really should be the story of this midweek game. Yeah, I didn't mean quality start is in by the book, but five innings pitched and a career high six strikeouts for Josh Davis. And as you mentioned, the rest of the bullpen was pretty effective. And then offensively, one of you guys you mentioned earlier uh, in the Illinois series had another good performance. Yeah, Hoshai. It's almost, it was almost comical when he got his first hit because it's like, oh. It was so easy. Eight for 13 last week and comes in right away with an RBI single in his first at-bat after being named Big Ten Player of the Week. I, I remember laughing. I was like, oh, of course. Of course his first at-bat's going to be an RBI single. It, he's playing the best baseball of his career right now. He said during the Illinois series that he thinks he has his swing back. He kind of lost it at the beginning of the season when he had some struggles from the plate. So it's, it's nice to see it all coming together for him in his last season here in Evanston. Um, you, you can't ask for more than that. And, I mean, in this game, two for three in RBI. He didn't hit a 400-foot grand slam, so it wasn't as flashy. But still, a great offensive performance aided by some good pitching, as Ryan said. And I think we'd be remiss if we didn't note that only a month ago, a month from yesterday, Hoshite was hitting 184, and now his batting average is up to 322. So I think this is a guy who's hitting on a tear and really will be a key to this upcoming Penn State series. Yeah, other than Joe Hoshite, Leo Kaplan hit a home run. Again? His was, you know, a pretty lengthy one out to left field. And Jack Dunn also had a hit in RBI, a really clutch single with the bases loaded. And uh, Charlie Maxwell scored two runs. It uh, was a bit of a weird game. The Milwaukee defense was a little sloppy. But a win is a win. The Wildcats win 6-4. They're now 8-5 and five in April, something we've been talking about a lot. Ryan's stat just told you, Sam, earlier, you know, with Jack Dunn's stat. They've just been hitting really well. The bullpen has been, you know, as about as solid as it gets for this team. So very talented team right now. They sit at 14-22, and 22, 14 wins on the season, heading into... We've alluded to a very, very big weekend at Penn State in terms of their hopes for any postseason play. Sam, what is your initial reaction on Penn State, the cellar dwellers in the Big Ten? Yeah, I mean, Penn State's just not a very good team. Um, <laughs> you'll be there, so you'll be able to give us a full report when you come back. But I mean, this is a team that's won just one conference game all season. They're currently 1-8, and 12-24 and overall. Um, they're much better at home than on the road. They're about five hundred. They are five hundred at home at six and six. They've, they're four and sixteen on the road, which is just abysmal. But this is a series that if Northwestern gets two of three, three of three would obviously be really nice. They put themselves in great position. Michigan State, looking forward. Michigan State will be tough, as we alluded to. Um, Maryland will also be tough. Maryland's towards the top of the Big Ten. This is a series you got to win because you've got two tough series coming up after that. Sam, I think you nailed it. This is a must-win series for the Wildcats. And, you know, the optics on Penn State aren't great. Their ERA is 226 in the country. Um, you know, the Wildcats have seen a lot of teams in that range. And offensively, their batting average 288th in the country. And these are all about out of around 300 teams. So the stats aren't good. They do have one pitcher who uh, looks to be pretty talented, Sal Biasi 
whose uh, strikeout per nine innings is 11.8, which is 27th in the country. So at least one talented pitcher for the Nittany Lions. But looking at up and down this roster, Ryan, do you see anyone that really threatens you? Well, you look at at the top of the lineup, the only player hitting, the only, <coughs> I, guess, I should say the only consistent starter for uh, Penn State hitting over 300 is Jordan Bowersox uh, hitting 333 on the season. And so that's a guy that if you're uh, the Wildcat pitchers and looking to, to to not give up too many hits, and the, you know that's a, that's a batter that you're looking uh, to do some extra, you know, work over the course of the week on uh, Jordan Bauer Sox. Um, but yeah, again, you talk about a team that yeah, their total batting average, their team batting average is 226, which is pretty awful, um, and an ERA of, of 576 for the staff. So uh, I would, for the Wildcats, I think this is a great opportunity to go in and just ride the streak that they have been on because I, I think this is a team that they could easily sweep if if the things come together that need to come together for the Wildcats because you know it's, they haven't always this season. Yeah, it'll, it'll certainly be interesting. You look at their lineup, one thing you mentioned, you know, not a lot of talent outside of Jordan Bowersox. Uh, they've got uh, four guys that are hitting, that have started over 20 games this season, or sorry, appeared in over 20 games a season and are hitting below 200. Uh, that's that's not great. Um, it kind of reminds me a lot of the Wildcats stats before this April run. And, you know, we're not trying to knock the Wildcats at all here, but I don't think anyone on the team would have been happy with where they were heading into April before they really turned it around a bit. Yeah, I mean, you look at these Penn State numbers, of players who have played in <coughs> the majority of their games, meaning 30-plus, their sixth best hitter is batting 170. And you're right, that does remind me of some points last year with Northwestern, early this year. But this is a different Northwestern team. They can take two, I think, pretty easily, and three would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, they've only they've almost taken, you know, one, two, three from, from far better teams than this Penn State team. So I think to say that they could sweep the series would not be a stretch, but I think things would have to fall into place. The Cats' bats would have to continue to hit at the clip that they've been hitting at, and, and the pitching staff is really going to have to to keep these Penn State batters where they have been all season, realistically. Some pitchers that Wildcats could definitely attack. Uh, let's end on this one, guys. Uh, predictions. Um, I'm going to stay out of it. I'll be broadcasting this weekend, but uh, last week we were off. Matt McHugh predicted a three-game sweep of the Fighting <laughs> Illini was incorrect. Uh, what do you guys got for this weekend? How do you see it going down? Well, I, I, uh, in my la- I, my most recent round of predictions was far back in basketball when I predicted the Cats to make the tournament. So I'm going to predict, use those powers, and predict a sweep of Penn State. I think it's possible. <laughs> you heard I it here first. The Cats have been blessed <laughs> by Ryan Langman. <laughs> Uh, I think it's it's possible, and I think the Wildcats are, are going to be riding uh, some success that they've seen in the, in the past uh, couple weeks, and I think it's, it's it's going to happen this weekend for the Wildcats. Three-game sweep. Mm, I'm debating. <laughs> I'm kind of going back and forth. I'm Between gonna say two they, and three? I'm going to say they win two of three Okay. to be different. Um, Conservative. I wouldn't be shocked if they win three. Uh, you mentioned what was his last name? Our uh, socks or the, the pitcher. Biasi. That's going to be a tough matchup. Biasi, I, I'll say my gut tells me they win two, and the one loss is with Biasi on the mound. Um, a strikeout pitcher like that can definitely get to this lineup. Like I said, three is attainable, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. 
I'll go two, which would still be nice, still puts <laughs> them in position with a good late-season run to make the Big Ten tournament, which, frankly, I'm kind of coin flip on, leaning towards no, but wouldn't be shocked. Thanks a lot, guys, for your predictions. Um, we'll have the rest of this season for you as the Cats hit the stretch. Um, I'll be uh, on the air with you this weekend. Um, may be joined, or I will be joined by Will Greer for one or two games. We will see. Um, thanks a lot for listening. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Sam. Uh, this is the only podcast covering Northwestern baseball. And now, as always, we will have our weekly interview with Spencer Allen. Hey, Coach. Good to be back with you again for a weekly interview. Um, we're talking about the Illinois series that happened this weekend. Uh, ended up being a tough series. Let's start with game one. A uh, really thrilling game, 4-3 in extras. What were your thoughts from, from this one? Well, it, it was a good college baseball game. You know, the guys, uh, they, they really fought. Um, you know, just starting with Cooper Weatherby. Cooper filled up the strike zone um, and, and really gave us gave us a shot. I mean, we, we had our opportunities earlier in the game to, you know, to take a lead, and and, uh, and, and we didn't. And, and we had to, you know, fight, come from behind a little bit to get it tied up. And, um, you know, lost it in the 11th, but it, but it, was, it was a good good college baseball game. And Pete Hoffman had another good outing through three really strong innings uh, before before a tough 11th. What was going well for him, and was there what was the behind the decision? You know, let him pitch that 11th inning. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, he he was just our best option. I mean, he was throwing strikes, and in that situation, um, you know, really it, it was nothing that Pete did. I mean, he should not have been out there for for three innings. It, it should have been you know one, and he just we took some chances um, with, with some lineup. I, you know, I, I I made decision to to pull Matt Hoffner to try to get that run early and go for the win, and as, as well as Connor Lind, and you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But uh, you, you, you look back and go, gosh, you might, you know, you, you might have wanted to, to, to leave those guys in. But we went for the win, and, and uh, it, it didn't work out, uh, you know, in our favor. Uh, some clutch hitting in that game from Joe Hoshite, who really was the story of the weekend, I think. Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week, big picture. You know, what does that mean for a player like Joe? Yeah, it, it, it's awesome. In, in one hand, I mean, it, it's great for Joe just to, to get recognized. He's, he's had some good weekends, uh, maybe not quite like this, but it, it was just, I mean, he was a uh, he was a force up there, and he, he was uh, probably uh, in the mix for at least half of our offense on, on, on the whole weekend. So it was good in, in uh, kind of on the negative side of it. When you have a, a performance like that, you, you, you think usually you have a chance to get a series, and, and we, didn't, we didn't get a series, but... Uh, Really happy for Cho. Did a did a great job. Uh, moving on to game two, uh, a nice win f- for the team. Uh, let's start with the pitching side. Uh, Hank Christie had a quality start. How was he? How was he throwing well? I, well, I tell you, for, for me, that that's one of the probably the best outings uh, of the year, just because of the conditions, right? I mean, you you know that the wind was just howling out there. The park was playing really really hot, and and Hank just went out and, and pounded the bottom of the zone. He wasn't perfect. There there was he gave up some runs, but he uh, we we didn't have that big blow up inning. Um, uh, and so that, that was good. That was good to see, and and uh, was proud of Hank. And you know, Coach Coach Reynolds said, "Hey, he needs to do that every time out. He needs to imagine that there's there's a wind blowing out and and uh, attacking the, the bottom of the zone." So the the wind was blowing out, as you mentioned, a lot of home runs for your team, including a, a grand slam. You know, what's it like when you can take advantage of that and use the long ball? Yeah, it's huge, huge. I mean, Joe came up with that, and, and again, I think the, the the biggest part of that inning was was Jack Dunn. We had first and second one out, and he laid down a drag bunt right there. 
um, and, and that that just set it up to where they had to pitch to Joe, and and so that was that was a, a great piece. We always talk about some of the little things leading to some of the bigger hits, and that was a good example right there. And another strong performance from your bullpen in this one too. Yeah, yeah. You know, Sam Lawrence came in, and, and uh, he's just he he's really turned into a bulldog. And again, he's he's not it's not perfect uh, with, with with what he does, but but this day he was he was attacking the zone, and uh, we got some early outs. And he he's he's a great guy on a day like that, to where his sink is really going to help him. And he got uh, I believe it was four to five ground balls right there. Um, yeah, he, great great job for by by, by Sam. Moving on to game three of the series, you know, rubber match, tough 10 to 8 loss. Uh, let's start with, from the end of the game. How is your team able to come back and really make things interesting with a lot of late hitting? Yeah, you know the, the guys. I mean, they they've continued to, to believe and and they, they just kind of one by one. Whether it was a hit by pitch or a walk, Jack Clay's had some really great a, a, at bats in that uh, game. Obviously, Joe Hoshide, Matt Hoffner uh, put some good swings there uh, late. So so again, I mean, I I think the the biggest thing in, in this game, the biggest storyline in this game was just uh, we gave up a, a five run inning, you know, and we we hadn't done that during our stretch. And, and that was uh, not just pitching, but it was it was just a total team. There were some non-plays that were didn't show up as errors, but but plays that just if we're going to win or if we're going to limit a team, we we have to make. Overall, on the weekend, you, you took one game on the road. I know one thing you mentioned to me earlier this season: there's no more moral victories anymore with this team. How do you learn from an experience like this? And you know, I'm sure there's there's some frustration. What do you what do you take from that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I just think we have to hope the the kind of the law of averages is for the most part we've played pretty clean baseball, and we just have to hope that uh, you know one of these games turns in our favor when we play you know clean baseball throughout, and um, that, that that's what we we need to do something special. Whether it's this weekend, whether it's later on down the road, that's what we have to do. But you know, we we we've challenged the guys to really just look at the you know the, the cliche saying right one game at a time we've really tried to to uh, get them to buy in and, and again that that comeback I think on uh, on Sunday at Illinois is a good example and then they shoot they bounce back against a, a, a midweek uh, opponent in, in Milwaukee um, and just to kind of get uh, back on on the on the, uh, the the right side of the, the the win column let's talk about that midweek game in Milwaukee a 6-4 win uh, start with the pitching again. Josh Davis, five innings pitch, career high six strikeouts. You know he's been really effective in the midweek so far this season. What's been going well for him? Well, I, I think it just starts with his preparation. And, and again, credit to Coach uh, Reynolds. He's he's been able to. We've kind of been able to to tab. Um, uh, Josh as that midweek starter, and so Josh is his preparation, you know, throughout the week and um, you know in, into the weekend, and, and he, he just takes it very seriously, and that's that's what we need, you know. Sometimes be, because they don't have a uh, an outcome on you know, whether or not we move on to Big Ten, sometimes those midweek games can get ugly, and and that's not just for us, but for anyone. You look around the country, but Josh has really done a great job. Uh, it, it's important to him, and and um, and, and then he, that we always talk about that's where the tone is set uh, on the mound. And, and so he, he's just done a great job with that his last uh, four or five outings. Uh, offensively, for the Cats on Tuesday, 
Joe Hosha had another good performance, and then also Leo Kaplan with the home run. You know, the freshman has really been tearing it up of late. What's been working for him in the last few weeks? Yeah, you know, he, he's done a good job at, at, you know, we talk about it in, in uh, you know, he's getting pitched a little bit differently. They're, they're, they're spinning some breaking balls, but um, what, what he's doing a good job of is when he does get a fastball, he's not missing it, and um, he did a great job in, in that situation, and, and I don't I don't think the wind was really helping him either, so he uh, he, he turned that ball, hit it through, through the wind uh, a little bit there, and, and was a good good swing for, for sure. And another smaller but important development, Charlie Maxwell's running ability on the base pass has really helped your teams pick up a few runs here and there that have been useful. You know, what's the mentality once he gets on base? Yeah, you know, he, he started off, you know, just getting on base was, was a good, you know, step for him. And then, uh, yeah, he, he's an athletic kid. I, I think that's something that he, uh, he he did a great job of, whether it's he's always trying to find ball and dirt. Uh, again, credit to, to, to Dusty uh, running the offense of just knowing that, you know, on a day like that when it's windy, we can't just sit back and try to hit. So he he had those guys prepared and, and, and ready to go. And, and being able to score some runs in, in some different ways has, has been a goal of this team. And, and I think we, we accomplished that a little bit on uh, on uh, Tuesday. Uh, another fun quirk of this Tuesday game was a pinch hit at bat in the eighth inning for uh, Rich <laughs> Ford. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah, so, so uh, we... Uh, Coach Reynolds uh, promises the guy if we, guys if we win a series that the pitchers can can take batting practice and so I made a, a, a bet with uh, with Rich that if he hit a, a home run in his first round of, of batting practice that I'd give him at bat and I for some reason I, I re- was remembering last year uh, Rich hitting and, and I didn't remember him hitting any home runs but he he blasted it man uh, during BP there and and his second round he hit two or three so it, uh, so that was uh, I, I had to you know hold up my my end of the bargain right there so there you go uh the win against milwaukee brought you guys to eight and five in april really all things uh said and done a really successful month for the team you know what's been the mentality behind you know a great stretch so far yeah i mean i, I think you're, you're always just kind of fighting to um play clean baseball and and, and that i mean that that's not just on the the pitching and defensive side offensively too um and, and I, I think we've we finally uh, I don't want to say we, we've achieved it, but we're, we're closer to what it needs to look like on, on a consistent basis. And then, you know, when you do that, I, I think that's, you know, the 8-5 and five record is, is, is a little bit of a, of a result of that. Um, uh, again, we, we're, it's, it's a struggle to, to, A, to keep it going, and, 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 and B, just make, making sure that, hey, can we even take that next step um, to, to get better? So, um, but, but it's, it's a good step, and, and we have to um, keep it going, you know, throughout our, our last five Big Ten series. Uh, moving on to this this Penn State series this weekend, another road trip for the team, and Penn State is is last in the Big Ten. Mentally, what's the approach as a team heading into a really big series for you guys? Yeah, well, well first off, uh, you know, a Friday night they they've got a real guy. I mean, he, uh, Biazzi is is uh, you know ninety to ninety three, and he just attacks the zone. He he kept one of the uh, the better teams in the Big Ten in Maryland down. To, I think two hits through eight innings. I mean, he you know he's he's a guy. So that that's going to be a challenge number one. And we we've talked about it. I think the good thing is our, our guys are actually excited about the challenge. Um, and, and again, doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But I think they um, they're, they're fired up, knowing they've got a real number one uh, that they they need to knock out. And then 
you know, go again, just keep it on. I mean, it's college baseball. In, in, on any given day, um, any team can beat anyone. And, and, and so I think they know that. We've learned some hard lessons that way. So uh, we could be playing the number one team or we could be playing, um, you know, the, the, the last place team. It, it just doesn't matter. The, the, those guys know that they have to go out and um, it, it's the, the team that plays the best that day that's, that's going to win. Pitching-wise for your staff this weekend, they have one talented uh, hitter, Jordan Bowersox. And outside of that, a lot of, I'd say, that you guys can attack. What's what's the approach for the pitching staff? Well, I, I think very similar, right? We, we just have to limit what gets on in front of him. And, and, and that's, you know, that's one of the things I thought we did a pretty good job um, well, this past weekend with McInerney um, for the most part is, is he was not pitching with a lot of guys on bat. I think once he was up with bases loaded. But it's going to be the same thing for Bowersox. And then, it, you know, if you can you can limit the the extra base hits you know I think that's so if, if you fall behind and you, you, you give up a single uh, by a good executed pitch that that doesn't hurt you as much as the the double or, or uh, you know obviously that you know the home run so I think that's going to be the key making sure we get ahead and just keeping off uh, the, the guys off base in, in front of him because um, again he's going to get his hits offensively uh, for your team you know the, the real story of the weekend you had Hoffman and Hoshe really lighting it up and then Leo at the, at the back end of the order you've been talking about consistency one through nine is there anyone you're specifically looking to this weekend to you know just help out the, the offensive effort yeah you know I, I think you know Jack Clays is probably another guy that sometimes it, his doesn't always show up in the in the stats but when you look at his his on base percentage Jack is it, it's, it's, it's exactly what we want you know and so so that's something that uh, you know he's another guy you can throw in there. I, I think Alex Arrow, I, uh, he, he's a guy that he, he uh, of late is not probably swinging it as good as he would like. And, and for, for a lot of him is just pitch selection. So I think I think him and, and, and uh, Willie Bourbon is another guy that has had some spots, the consistency where we're going to still. Had a, had a nice game against yeah. Illinois with that triple. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, he, he if we can get him, um, you know, just a little bit more consistent. And, and then, then, you know, you've got four or five guys in the lineup that, uh, you know, can, can hurt you so so that that's the thing that we we just have to make sure we we find that uh, consistency last question for you uh, we've always talked about the the goal for this team is to make the big 10 tournament you know in the big 10 you guys are three and six uh, eighth place purdue where you guys want to be a six and six obviously three more games played is that in your head at all what's what's your approach down the back end of this season you said five more series to try to get to your goal yeah well i think the good thing is when, when we look at you know some of the teams who we're going to be battling with uh, I, I think you know, three of the five we're going to play. So every year it, it comes down to a head-to-head. Uh, as far as it, you know, there's it's a 12 and 12 record, or it's a you know it, it's a 13 and 11, whatever it may be. So th- these series are important to, to where obviously we got we have to get to that that 12 or 13 um, win. But then a lot of times, like I said, it's going to come down to that head-to-head. So if we take two out of three from Purdue, or we take you know we we have an opportunity to, to sweep Rutgers, um, that, that's gonna that's gonna help us hopefully for that that eighth spot. It's coming down to it. Uh, big series this weekend against Penn State. Thanks as always, Coach. Okay, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Buddy.